Good morning, everyone. It is Monday, and it is the Tay. No, about. Oh my gosh, it's been a while. It's the drive with Tay and Piper. I'm Lon Tay, Derek Piper, taking a day off, needed day off, a Lon Tay kind of day off. And so Kyle Tosk is manning the co-host Mike tonight. What's up? How are you, buddy? I'm good. You, uh, I assume, were at State Farm Center for the victory over Iowa. It's always sweet to beat Iowa. How was that being at State Farm? I'm sure the crowd was ready for that one. Yeah, it was a, it was a great environment, and uh, my dad actually came down. We oh, went sweet. to it. A, it was his first time going to a game for a couple years here. We nice. haven't gone to one since I've been down here, so that was fun. So you can't get him down in Orange Crush? No. Okay. No, yeah, I was not a Crush member on Saturday. But. I got to know this. Did you take advantage of dad being in town and, A, load up on some groceries? Even though you're in a dorm, right? You don't have a lot of room probably for Not groceries. a ton. Did you get a steak dinner out of him? We went to Black Dog Barbecue, got a nice <laughs> barbecue spread, got some baby back ribs. So oh, that was pretty good. That's so cruel because I've been wanting ribs for so long. Mm. All right, so we're going to talk all about this Illinois win. We have some Brad Underwood to play for you. We also, this morning, Stevie and Diane actually talked to Brad Underwood. So we have some fresh material from Brad. We'll let you hear probably next hour. We'll get to that as we roll along and, of course, Illinois with the victory. They are now 13th in the AP Top 25 poll. They actually drop a spot to 13. Houston is number one for the first time ever, which is that right? Because back when they had the five slam jamma with, like, Clyde Drexler. Or no, was that Houston? Yeah, and Akeem, Akeem Olajuwon. They were never number one. That doesn't make any sense to me, but I guess uh, – I, well, no, wait, wait, wait. They spent seven weeks at number one last year. So what was I reading? Maybe it's the first time this season. Okay, my bad. First time this season, the Houston, sorry, everybody, has been ranked number one. So Houston is one in the poll. Purdue two, UConn three. Then it goes Tennessee, Marquette, Arizona, Kansas, Iowa State, Carolina. Duke is 10, Auburn 11, Creighton 12, and then you're fighting Illini at 13. I don't see any other Big Ten teams in the top 25, minus, of course, Purdue and Illinois. So that kind of tells you where the Big Ten is. But anytime you can beat Iowa, that is like getting a top 10 win because it just feels sweet to beat the Hawkeyes, who stayed in that game most of it. And, of course, the Illinois defense, something that we talked all about last week, still gave up quite a few points. And, of course, Brad Underwood was uh, doing some mad scientist things during the game, doing an actual hockey uh-huh. check-in. That was a pretty funny scene. <laughs> when he, two minutes into the half, he, he starts just... waving his hands like, all right, you go in, you go in, you go in, and had some things to say to the starters as they walked out. It's... That was uh, sending a message yes. was the tone of that game. Justin Harmon got the first message by not playing in the first half. That was odd. And then, of course, in the second half, every starter came and sat on the bench. And from what I understand from people that were at the game, including you, Brad just paced up and down the bench and probably doing what Luke Goody said he does to him, even when Goody hasn't been in the game yet, when Brad is yelling at Goody and Dane Danger, and and he's like, this is what we're not doing, you know, and Luke's like, I I haven't even been in the game. I don't know why you're yelling at me. I'm guessing the starters were getting an earful. Of course, it was a – Probably the game of his Illinois career for Coleman Hawkins. He was unbelievable in that game, and what a bounce back for him 
after the game, of course, that he had against Penn State in their rec hall. Now, we're going to talk plenty of Illinois today, and I want to get all of Kyle's thoughts on this, but can you play the Harold Reynolds MLB theme? We welcome in from baseball tonight, Harold Reynolds. No, we don't. No, we still haven't gotten him. It's always been my goal to get Harold Reynolds on the show. Cody Bellinger is a Cub again. Uh, we've been doing the Cody Bellinger <laughs> update bit for the last week. We actually have an update today. Give me the belly update, and how excited are you, Kyle Toss, to have that thing done? Well, the update came around 1.15 a.m. Were you on awake? Sunday morning. I was awake and saw it. <laughs> it was a nice thing to see right before I was about to go to sleep that Cody Bellinger is back in Chicago. Definitely an interesting structure to the contract where clearly Scott Boris had ideas of a massive $200-plus contract. Nobody wanted to meet that. Jed Hoyer stared him down and said, well, we'll wait till you come down and and, uh, we can sign something a little more reasonable here that mitigates some of the risk here. Because as good as Bellinger was last year, he is coming off two years before that where he was really bad. Sure. And uh, in his eyes, that was due to a shoulder injury. But I, I understand the perspective that Jed Hoyer was taking. We don't want to lock ourselves into two hundred some million for a guy that just bounced back Amen. from two rough years. However, I really like the structure of this contract. It's three years, eighty million. There's opt outs after each of the two years. It allows the Cubs flexibility if a lot of their younger guys end up emerging that okay. they're not blocked by Cody Bellinger long term but you do have him for this year if he does get to a point where he opts out next year it means he's probably pretty awesome and your yeah. team was pretty good and you can reevaluate next offseason if he gives a second year of sample size of what he gave last year then you can reevaluate maybe we're more comfortable going to this hefty price long term so i think it's a great deal for both sides and most importantly, slide him right in that three hole in the lineup and mm, let's go. Let's roll. So you are guaranteed to have Cody Bellinger for only one year. That's right. And he is guaranteed to make $30 million for one year. And then he can opt back into the contract and make another $30 million in year two. Yep. And then he can opt back into the contract and make $20 million in year three, I believe. Is, is that correct? Yes. So a three-year $60 million, or I'm sorry, $80 million deal, but... As you mentioned, there are different spots where he... Now, can the Cubs opt out after year one, or did, no. is it up to Bellinger? It's it's a player option both okay. times. That's fair, and that's fair. So, I guess if he goes back to what he looked like... If he falls off a cliff and <laughs> last year was a total million. one-off, he'll make $80 million for three years, but yeah. that's much easier for the Cubs to handle than, let's say, seven for 200 Right. Isn't it weird that all along it has felt like Bellinger was there for the Cubs? Like, it never felt like there was another suitor. I've had optimism quietly the whole time that I, I was getting well, I anxious about it. I with you. I, I just never even... As it dragged on, I got more and more anxious about it, but just part of me always felt like it's, it's going to end up, and I had a feeling it was going to be something weird like this with a little unique structure. Right. But it did seem like the Cubs were really the only real suitor the whole time. Now, really, I should have started with the bigger news, that the Cardinals look like they have inked Brandon Crawford uh, for shortstop depth. And and the, the average age of the roster actually went down <laughs> after that move. How long has he played? He Does he still have his long hair? And I'll tell you this, he was a Cardinals killer his entire career. So And, and look, if you're in a postseason for some reason, I'm trusting him to come up 
in a key at bat because he has gotten it done for so many years for the Giants. But back to the Cubs. Give me your lineup right now, your opening day lineup now that Bellinger is set. Do you think you know it? Or are we still waiting on, like, Crow Armstrong? and You know probably most of it. You're going to have, if you just go position by position, I won't, like, make a lineup. No, but no, I'll, right. I'll just but go position by position. Catcher will, be, catcher will be on Gomes. First base, I would imagine, probably will be Bellinger. Okay. Maybe it'll be Michael Bush, who is the prospect they traded for from the Dodgers right. in that, like, prospect swap. Uh, older guy, I think he's probably going to make the team. Obviously, Horner at second, Swanson at short. I think Morell's going to get third base okay. to start the year. That's something they've been working with him on in the spring. Is that good or bad? I mean, he came on last year. He's got a lot of talent. He can hit the ball. I mean, he can hit the ball. And uh, the problem with him has been finding a position. Hasn't been very good defensively so far, and he's kind of really moved around. Yes. David Ross had him playing a bunch of different spots. I think the plan is to try and settle him into one spot and see if he can be better defensively. Now, I read you guys are about $37 million away from that luxury tax with your – Was uh, that pre-Bellinger or that now? Was after. Okay. It's, this is what I read. Now, I don't, I don't know where I read this. It could have been some guy named Lante that lives in New York and <laughs> just threw up some BS. But they also said that Matt Chapman would be available and you could maybe get him for and stay underneath that luxury tax. Is that something you feel like the Cubs need to do and add more at third? I don't personally. I If Matt Chapman was a electric hitter or a yeah. big bat that you could stick in the middle of the order and trust, I would feel differently. But he's been really up and down at the plate. Great defender at third. You don't would want to take be, two chances with Belly and him. Would definitely be an upgrade from oh, Morel yeah, defensively. good defensively. But I just I would probably stay okay. away unless you could pull off some type of creative opt-out ridden deal That's just fair. like this one. Now left to right in the outfield goes Seiya Suzuki in right, either Bellinger, or Pete Crow Armstrong in center, depending Good. on how his spring goes, and then Ian Happen left. Ian Happen left. So, are are you comfortable with that lineup? I think I am. I, I would be. I think I am. I think there's a there's room for a little more. Pop in the middle of that lineup. A little power, probably. Which I think, you know, maybe you look ahead to next offseason and Mm -hmm. see what's out there. But um, I I think I feel pretty good about it. I I think I would feel far less good about it if Cody Bellinger wasn't here. No, I'm with you. I think getting him gives you a a solid floor there. And I think you've got some younger guys that could really break through. If you had to give me your first four hitters, is Swanson two, Belly three? Who leads off? Is that uh, or uh, it's probably Nico Horner Nico or Horner. Hap? I think you could lead Hap off too. Okay, the on base skills, but I think your middle is probably Swanson, Bellinger, Suzuki. Suzuki at four. All right. Well, you can kill the baseball music, but uh, I knew you'd be excited about that, and Cubs fans should be excited about that because that was kind of the I don't want to say is the last piece. You could still add something, but you've added now to your bullpen. Your starters should be okay. I mean, you've got. Steel at number one, you've got a clear-cut ace on your team, which is huge. And then, of course, you've added Bellinger to that lineup, which elongates that lineup, gives a little power. And if Bellinger is indeed corrected from that shoulder and can continue what he put up last year, that's going to be a really strong team with the Cubs. I would say that team should be the favorite to win that division, followed by the Cardinals 
And then uh, Cardinals or Reds. Cincinnati is is going to be there. I agree. I think they're going to have a pretty good year. And I think the Brewers might be the, the they might be picked fourth. Yeah, I know in that division. But we can go over all that as baseball nears, and it is getting closer. Obviously, too, uh, with spring training going on right now, it's great to hear that. I know Mason Wynn had a big game for the Cardinals yesterday, so that's good. He was at 20 years old, was uh, complaining of some soreness, and <laughs> my buddy and I were texting each other like. Oh, imagine that. A Cardinal is, is already sore and hurt, and <clears throat> he's 20 years old. How the hell is a 20-year-old sore? I, I want to know that. I just don't understand it. I never will. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. When we come back, you're going to hear from Brad Underwood, what he had to say right after this game, a quick st- uh, uh, thought on his statement. And then we will break down the likes of Nico Moretti showing up and doing some damage Brad Underwood turned into a hockey coach for a period. I'm surprised he didn't, like, take the orange jacket off, throw on one of those hockey Illinois sweatshirts or uh, or sweaters, as they call them in hockey, and just send in, you know, his five. At least they didn't have to go over the board, and they did have to check in. That's the only difference. But it was kind of a funny thing to watch and kind of cool. And I know we were with a group at a local establishment, and it caused a lot of murmurs around the bar like you know like hey we're just putting in everybody for our starters what is going on so we will discuss all of that you and I also off the air which is always like this and I've heard so many radio shows where they talk about how we have better discussions off the air than we do on uh you and I just discussed the idea of either getting a 3 or a 6 seed in the NCAA tournament I gave you my path to a 6 seed long long one <laughs> To lose every game and get the sixth seed, that's his ideal path. And I'll tell you why. And then you gave a uh, an idea of how Illinois could still get a three seed. Otherwise, you're mired in that 4-5, which means you're taking on the likes of UConn, Houston, or maybe Arizona uh, in the Sweet 16 if you get there. Now, that's being very weird of us to assume Illinois is going to get there since they haven't done that since 2005 when Kyle was five years old. No, how old were you then? I was one year old. You were one. You weren't even five. Oh, my goodness. The last time Illinois has been in a Sweet 16, Kyle, was one. I did not know what a basketball was when Illinois was playing that game. Absolute pain to your parents back then. No, I'm kidding. I'm just – I'm not saying – Probably was. Probably. Yeah, probably. I mean, come on. You're one. You need help with everything. All right, we will discuss all that. Your text can weigh in at 359-2255. That's 217 359-2255. We'll get a chance to read those as well. We are back. It is The Drive. Hi, I'm JT Barnhart, the president of OSF Heart of Mary Medical Center. Really want to promote our emergency room services at Heart of Mary. Uh, Getting ready to do a campaign just to show the community what a great service that is. When you're in a health emergency and you need care, our team at Heart of Mary will take great care of you and we'll get you in and out. Our wait times are usually less than 10 minutes. Door to provider times have run under 15 minutes and so you're going to see a physician in less than 20 minutes when you come to Heart of Mary ER. Think that a sensational service for the community. One other area I want to promote is that OSF Heart of Mary is in network with your health insurance provider. We take all insurances, everything that is in the community, all payers, our providers, our hospital, our ancillary departments, our new surgery center, and our urgent cares accept your insurance. And so if you're having trouble getting in with a provider, know that OSF can see you timely, quickly, and we take your plan. 
PDR Automotive has now been serving the Champaign-Urbana area for over 50 years. To give you some perspective, 50 years ago ended the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War, and it was when Secretariat won the Triple Crown. So what does that mean for you and your vehicle? Whether you need a carburetor overhauled or your new vehicle computer system diagnosed or programmed, PDR Automotive has the experienced, knowledgeable staff that can handle all your automotive needs. Online at PDRauto.com, they are what's best for your truck or car. They are... PDR. Thank you for choosing Two Men in a Truck. How may I help you? Hi, I have a strange question. What happens if it snows on moving day? I don't want my furniture to get wet and destroyed. Well, that's not strange at all. We have the same concerns for your furniture. With over 9 million moves completed, our team is experienced to handle any weather conditions. Because we pad and stretch wrap your furniture before we put it on the truck, we'll make sure your belongings are safe and dry no matter what the forecast says. Not sure how your move is going to work? Go to twomeninatruck.com for your free estimate. Have you ever wondered why you pay your bank to have a checking account with them? We do, too. At Fisher National Bank, we offer free checking accounts that reward you to bank with us. Our rewards cashback checking offers 2.02% cash back on debit card purchases up to $500 monthly. No service fees or balance requirements needed to earn rewards. For a free checking account that pays you back, simply make 12 debit card purchases, receive electronic statements, and have one direct deposit within a monthly cycle. It's so simple. We bet you're doing most of these things already. With Rewards Cashback Checking, you have access to Reward Saver, which earns 4.07 annual percentage yield on balances up to 20000 Reward yourself with free Rewards Cashback Checking and Reward Saver, a few of the many ways Fisher National Bank invests in our customers. See monthly requirements at any branch or fishernational.com. Fisher National Bank. Exceptional communities. Exceptional people. Member FDIC. Hi, this is Amanda Jean, the founder and planner of Inspire Your Wedding and Events. After the big yes, are you daydreaming about the big I do? Join us for premier, interactive, immersive, inspirational wedding showcase to bring together vendors and couples from all over central Illinois for your big day. Come away with ideas and vendors that will make your wedding one of the most inspiring days of your life. Save the date on Saturday, March 23rd at the historical and unforgettable Orpheum in downtown Champaign. For complete details, visit inspireyour.com. That's inspireyour.com. You know, sometimes, um, I've said it many times, that I like this team a lot, and I use the word TEAM in all caps. Today was an unbelievable team victory, and it was not easy. Iowa was playing great, just won at Michigan State. Fran, in my opinion, is as good an offensive coach as there is in the country, just developing guys, getting them to play at a high level. I actually felt, other than the last play of the half, the last sequence of the half, I actually felt pretty good at half because I thought we'd forced Dix and and, and some of those guys into some pretty hard shots that they made. Could not be prouder of Coleman. Growth, maturity, great bounce back from the other night. Obviously, a night where Marcus and, and, and Terrence didn't have their best, and yet we found a way. I thought Dane, I thought Imani did, a, did did great jobs. Dane had a rebounds, you know, missed a couple bunnies. Thought Imani's presence was uh, was very very impactful. Nico hadn't made a basket in a month, but you can tell he's a coach's kid. You can tell he's a team guy. He's never gotten wrapped up into any of that. He's never come and asked me what do I have to do to play. He just shows up every single day and does his job. Gets an extra lift with Fletch every day. And it's amazing how good things happen to people who work hard. And, you know, and then I was, I've been pretty upset with Justin after the game at Penn State. He gave up five back cuts. 
just mistakes. They're just mistakes, and especially when you spend a ton of time on them and you can't go make mistakes. And, and I let him set a long time in the first half, and, and yet he, he responded. Maybe, you know, that bench is a pretty good motivator sometimes. Our bench won us the game. Our defense, I thought, in the second half was outstanding. Uh, 35%, 16% from three. They made one. You know, we had enough, and it's, that's, that's hard to do sometimes because you have to score against Iowa because you know they're going to make some tough shots. So great team win today. Drive ESPN Radio 93.5 The Drive with Tay and Piper. No pipes today. He'll be back tomorrow chatting all about your fighting Illini. So today it's Kyle Tosk and myself. Kyle, I will say this. It scares me a little bit that Brad Underwood went to a rotation of five that and you're taking your starters out. The only reason I say that. That's a dangerous slope to get onto if you're, let's say, in game two of the NCAA tournament and all of a sudden you're throwing in Nico Moretti, who doesn't play much, and expecting him to do what he did Saturday. Now, obviously, he did what he did Saturday with two threes, and he gave you some energy. So that part scares me a little, but I will say this to follow that up. I love the message that he sent, mm-hmm. and I, I believe – I don't think it would be too hard – for us to kind of dig deep and understand what Brad Underwood is thinking, he's trying to get a message through to his guys that you've got to play defense. And Saturday, they did not play defense. Iowa shot over 60% in the first half. Now, I think some of that is luck. I think sometimes you can guard guys well and teams just make shots. There's not much you can do about that. But when a team is shooting over 60% for a half, that's probably more on you than it is them. And so while I think that's a slippery slope to just throw in five guys like that, I know that's not something Brad Underwood wants to do in the future, Kyle, but certainly he sent a message and it seemed to work. It did, and I, I, I think it was almost more so than just defense too because you yeah, that's true. came back home against a rival after a brutal collapse against Penn State where a lot of veteran guys made some uncharacteristic mistakes you come back, you have the whole week of the Brad Underwood practice and all that, and then you play Iowa at home, and you not the best first half. Like you said, Iowa shoots 60-some percent in the first half. Some of that was Josh Dix couldn't miss a mid-range jump shot for his <laughs> life. But some of that, too, was just some of the same defensive issues we've seen. You end the first half giving up a full-court football pass, 90 feet for a layup right. with one second left after taking a shot did clock violation. Did the stick on .5? I thought it did. But it I, did, I, they right? must have timed it when they went and looked back and counted it. But then you come out to start the second half in the first two minutes. You settle for four threes that all miss. You let Owen Freeman get a couple offensive rebounds. A couple Iowa guys get to the rim. And it was just – and Brad even said it after the game. He's like, i just seen enough of that. Like, mm-hmm. if you're going to come out of the half and respond like that here in this home game, then we're going to get somebody else in and see if they can play harder and provide a spark. And – I think it's fair to be taken aback by that a little bit in that February 24th home game. 
right as you're approaching the postseason that your five starters have to get taken out for effort reasons and for whatever you want to say. At the same time, I think the message was one that needed to be sent, and it was well-received. And you also found something in a couple of those bench pieces in Nico Moretti, who looks like a guy that maybe could help you a little bit down the stretch here. And even if he doesn't, he helped you win that game for sure and provided a spark. I thought Hansberry played really well. He's just an effort, toughness guy. You know exactly what you're going to get. You can tell Brad Underwood loves the way he plays. Harmon responded really well from Tuesday or Wednesday night when he struggled. And, and Dane. And, and Dane gave good minutes as well. And then once the starters came back in, especially Coleman, I thought Ooh. Terrence played hard on defense. Those guys seemed to, to realize that, all right, I have to come back and, and – this was a loud message for this entire stadium to see about us, and we need to come and respond and win this game, and they did. You and Pipes know that I trump I trump the efforts of Sanford, Peyton Sanford. Yeah, he, I, had a, he had a rough day. He did, and, 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 and I'm glad you said that because that's where I'm going. I thought Marcus Damask did he a did. really good job on Peyton Sanford. So that is a guy, Sanford, that isn't the hardest guy to guard, but I'm telling you he needs .2 seconds to get a three off. I would argue he's pretty hard to guard with how many screens they well, run for him and point. how you if you key in on him on an offensive possession, that guy does not stop moving. <laughs> you have to chase him for 30 seconds, and I thought DeMass did a heck of a job doing that. Yep. I used to have a kid here in town when I coached junior high that could run forever, and he still can. He's a really good athlete at uh, Unity right now. But I used to just – Try to get him if he was matched up on the other the teams the other team's best player. I would have this guy just run around in circles on the offensive end because he never got tired, and all it did was tire out the other dude for the other team. That when he got back to the offensive end, he didn't want to shoot because he was too tired because he was doing all this running. And so it was. It, it, look, Sanford does do a lot of running on that, but okay. Back to Moretti. This is a kid that I don't know. Look, there's times where you see in Major League Baseball, you say, why isn't this kid getting more, more at-bats? Why isn't this kid playing more? And they give you a spurt for a bit, and then you realize the game catches up to him. And all of a sudden, it's like, well, now you know why. That's kind of the reason. I don't know that Nico Moretti is ready to play 20 minutes a game. Right. But certainly, it's nice to know that he can go out and be kind of a change of pace guy. And it was kind of like Curbelo was as a freshman when he'd come in. He was the sixth man of the year in the Big Ten. He would just change the pace by the way he came in. Andres Felice would come off the bench. Now, he wasn't – I mean, he was quick, but Andres changed it in other ways, right, with aggression and, and just leadership. I, I could see that role. Now, Nico Moretti's not going to be your new sixth man off the bench. No. I can promise you that. But I like the idea of him coming in for a two- to three-minute spurt so you don't get hurt too bad defensively, and you change kind of the speed of the play and get guys going with a true point guard. I think that is something that maybe you could see down the stretch here, but Kyle, there's only four games left in the regular season. How much do you really experiment with that at this point? Now, he has been hurt, too. Yeah, he has. I... I agree. It's not something we're like, all right, well, Moretti, based on that performance, now he's going to be your sixth guy off the bench playing 23 minutes a game here as you go into the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament. Right. That's a stretch. 
but he, he has shown now that he can give you valuable minutes. He, Like you said, I think he gives you something that you just don't have on this roster, which is really intriguing. If you do need that, if you do need that change of pace, he just looked comfortable with the ball in his hands. Like you said, I thought he played with a lot of pace. And I know there's still a lot of defensive question marks, which is probably what's going to limit his time on the floor. I thought he played pretty hard on no, that he end. Did. I he thought did. he held his own on that end as well. And if he's going to make two of two from three as well, True. that that's a weapon you have. But no, it, it was just cool to see a guy that we just really didn't know what we were getting from. They, he played sparingly, came in in that Michigan game for a little bit, looked a little overwhelmed, struggled a little bit, was hurt. Like you said, right as he was kind of maybe proving something in the right. non-conference, he got hurt for a month. So it was just cool to see that because he has been kind of a mystery, and he's your only true point guard on your roster, so he gives you something you don't have, which I think Brad Underwood knows now that he can trust him and he'll have him in his back pocket. It felt like when you brought the guys off the bench, that was a message to the starters. I think Nico Moretti then proved himself enough to where Brad Underwood felt like he was the better option than Ty Rogers. Yes. And both defensively and offensively. And I agree with you, Nico did not – hurt you at all defensively, but I dare say that Iowa would be the perfect team that he could not get hurt with. And what I mean by that is they're, they're more shooters mm-hmm. than they are taking a guy like him who's, who's not big by any means underneath and kind of abusing him with, the, uh, with a shot underneath and close to the basket. So Iowa is kind of a team that relies on those two-point jumpers and three-point jumpers to where Nico Moretti, that kind of suits his game a little bit. So that helped, I think, no doubt for his uh, cause on Saturday, but certainly a, a great way to come in. And, and listen, I, I don't know how much you would count on Nico Moretti to shoot deep, but certainly those two threes were huge. They were huge. And they kind of kept you in it a little bit at the time. And then, of course, Illinois just kind of went crazy. And Coleman Hawkins, who started the game on fire and then finished the game, very efficiently and finished with 30 points. Is that his career high ever? I would assume, yeah. It is. And it was just, that's the story of the game for me. As much as the bench and seeing Moretti and seeing the hockey subs was a big part of it, the story (laughs) of the game was as terribly as Coleman finished the Penn State game and two moments that you just don't expect from a guy like him, missing no. two free throws as an 80% shooter then following a three-point shooter, to respond that way with 30, with probably the best game he's played of his career, was just fantastic to see because I know Piper's mentioned it before. Like He's a guy that in the past sometimes one bad game or one bad moment has snowballed on sure. him. sure. And to see him respond that way was really was huge. fantastic. We're going to play some Brad Underwood coming up here this hour. I want you to get a chance to hear his postgame thoughts. I know after the game when he talked to Robbie Hummel, he mentioned that he had a very long talk with Coleman Hawkins. He's like, look, he's a senior. I told him that he did not act like a senior. He did not play like a senior against Penn State, and that can't happen. So that's good. The problem is this late in the season, you can't keep having these these issues, but yet, Kyle, it's so funny because we look at things in a micro, not a macro. If you're a if you're a if you're a guy living in Omaha, Nebraska, and you're a Creighton fan, from the outside, you're looking at this Illinois team ranked 13th in the country, going, "Man, that's a pretty good team. That they, they've got some good. They got Shannon. It's good. Damascus done a good job from SIU, and and they're not seeing all the micro things that we see as fans and and covering this team." 
to where we feel like there's an avalanche of issues. And while there are some, I think we also on occasion need to step back a little bit from a macro and say, well, they are ranked 13th in the country and and are in second place in the Big Ten. So obviously they're not having a horrible season by any stretch uh, as we go down the the stretch. But listen, we've got some tough games coming up. Now, before we get to Brad Underwood, you and I kind of mentioned – we're going to be a four or a five seed. I think if it ended right now, Illinois would be probably a four seed mm-hmm. in the NCAA tournament, meaning if you would make that Sweet 16, you're probably going to run up against one of three teams because I don't think you'll be in Purdue's bracket. You're going to run up against UConn. You're going to run up against Houston. Houston, yes, excuse me, who is now the new number one ranked team in the country, or probably Arizona or Tennessee. You could have a rematch with Tennessee again. Uh, which I would think the NCAA would try to avoid, although there's been plenty of times where Illinois see Arizona. Once you get past that first weekend, I yeah, think it kind of just falls that. wherever it falls. I would agree. So I said to you, I'd still rather be a six seed because then you get opposite a three, and then you could opposite a two, and you avoid those ones, even though I think the ones this year aren't crazy good. There's been other years where the ones are like, oh, I wouldn't want to play them. And I do like the idea that you're avoiding Purdue. I, I don't think that's a good matchup for anybody, let alone Illinois. So with that said, I told you I think I would be okay with beating Minnesota, then losing your final three games, which you could easily do. You're at Wisconsin, you've got then Purdue at home, and then you're at Iowa. Those won't that won't be an easy stretch by any means. Then you win Friday at the Big Ten tournament and maybe lose a tough one Saturday, and boom, you're a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament. I got giddy and was excited about that until you said, well, why don't they just try to become a three? And I'm like, oh, I guess that would, that would actually accomplish the same thing, but in a better way. So how does Illinois, what is the path to the Illini getting a three instead of a four and avoiding a one in the second weekend if they get to the second weekend? I think that there is still a realistic path for that. It starts with beating Minnesota because if you lose to them, the three yeah, yeah. seed is gone. Yeah. You, that is off the table if you lose quad three to Minnesota. Was Those the la- Iowa game doesn't count as a quad one, right? Quad, you're at two. Home. quad yep. two. Quad would two. Would Minnesota – no, not Minnesota at home wouldn't. Minnesota would be quad three. It would actually be oh, your geez. worst loss of the season if okay. you lose it. So Well, we're not. Let's uh, let's take care of the Gophers, and then you got that three-game stretch. I think if you go two and one in those three games okay. – you're still probably on the four line, but I think you put you position yourself in a spot where if you make the Big Ten championship on Sunday against Purdue, which and you've talked about it before, I don't think the Big Ten championship result really matters on the yeah. bracket. I yeah. think by that point the bracket's made based on the fact it's played on Sunday. But if you get to the Big Ten championship, so you win Friday, win Saturday, and you finish this regular season three and one, I think you're right there. Does it matter how you get to two and one? In other words, if you beat Purdue, I think you'd prefer to have have Purdue okay. be your, one of the two wins. So either lose against at Wisconsin or at Iowa, lose one of those two, but win against Purdue and win one of those two yes. on the road. Okay. Obviously, if you sweep all three of them, I think you Woo. are in a great spot. But keeping it. I think that's unlikely to happen. Keeping it realistic, I think two of three gets you in a position to play your way up to a three in Minneapolis. And I want Illinois fans to understand one thing. I'm not hoping that Illinois loses. 
I hope you understand where I'm going with this experiment. That again, well, I here, would rather be either a three or a six, and, and right. a three oh nine just said, "Come on, Lon, win every game." And I agree. Yes. I would prefer that. I would prefer to win every game and be a three seed. Believe me. But I seriously say this from the bottom of my heart. I'd rather be a six seed than I would a four or a five. And I said that last year, and I probably said it two years ago and three years ago. And when John Gross coached, I didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, I think that's fair if you're looking ahead to like a Final Four path. Now, mm-hmm. if you're an Illinois fan that just says, get me to the second weekend, <laughs> right. and I will be happy. See, but I don't want that. I don't and want- that's fair. I, I don't want it either. I'm dreaming just, bigger. Yeah. I'm dreaming bigger than that, too. Amen. But if you are just looking at get me to that second weekend, get this monkey off our backs by busting this drought, then you definitely would rather be a four and or there, five. And there is something to because getting to that Because at that point, game. that point you're playing a mid-major as opposed to a high-major 11 right. seed, plus right. the fives are going to be much worse than the That's threes. That's a good point. But you're absolutely right in that those one seeds are terrifying once you get to that sweet 16. <laughs> and but the, you'd have a week to prepare. You would have a week to prepare. Well, uh, maybe not a week, but... You'd have five days. Five days, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and listen... It, I mean, UConn or Houston, I be absolutely terrified of it it take illinois best performance of the year probably to beat either of those i would agree and and like if you get arizona then maybe you got a shot or tennessee i mean it's one of those where you'd did did shannon play in the tennessee game he did yeah okay he got shut down a little bit okay so it would be it would be fun don't get me wrong to let's say saturday you get the victory that vaults you to the sweet 16 and then you've got sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday or i'm sorry uh, Wednesday to sit there and think, oh, this is going to be fun. We're playing UConn. They're the number one seed. What the heck? Let's beat them and see what can happen. I just, I hope everybody understands that uh, that's that's one of those things that I, I'd rather be a three or a six than a four or a five. And and when I say that, I'm I want more than just Sweet Sixteen because, and I say that because of this. You're you've got a veteran team that's been basically ranked in the top twelve essentially all season. There's no reason why you shouldn't make a little bit of a run in the tournament. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I want you to hear from Brad Underwood after the victory on Saturday against Iowa. I think that's important to hear what he had to say, especially with all the changes he made in that game. Next hour, we're going to talk a little baseball. And if you guys have a topic you want us to throw out, we can do that. We'll certainly talk more Illinois basketball. And then Brad, again, we're going to hear from next hour. He was on this morning with Stevie and Diane, and I want to get a chance for everybody to hear that, some fresh stuff with Brad Underwood. So, quick break, back with Brad. It is The Drive. Tax relief for individuals and businesses affected by natural disasters. I'm Hillary Barsky with your Fox Business Tax Tip coming up. Kelly's Accounting does all tax types, individual, corporate, trust, partnerships, and estate, plus payroll and bookkeeping services. Your guardian angel in the finance department. Call their Monticello office, 762-5509, or visit kellysaccounting.com. Individuals and businesses in federally declared disaster zones can receive filing extensions and may deduct losses suffered. CPA and tax attorney Alan J. Strauss says there's a choice. They can take those losses on a return they have not filed and take it in the year the loss occurred. For example, natural disaster that occurs in February of 2023 and you haven't yet filed your 2022 return. You are allowed to take that 2023 loss on your 20. 2022 return. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. 
Are you one of those guys out there tinting windows day in and day out, all different shades of black, and ready to put a little color in your life? Come work for us. At Aftershock, we're looking for a guy with experience in wrapping, whether it be window tinting, vinyl wrapping, anything of that sort, or somebody with just ambition that wants to show up to work and be proud of what they do. You know those wraps with Troy Lands on the back waving at you? That's our work. Call us, 833-DECAL-IT, or email office at aftershockdd.com. We want you. Rising costs of goods, unpredictable weather, and seasonal depression got you feeling down? Let Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing brighten your winter blues. Dogtown is offering $1,000 off any Bradford Whitewater Heater, Renai Tankless Water Heater, or Bosch Mini Split Unit when you buy a Lennox Home Comfort System. No gimmicks, no hidden fees, just $1,000 in savings when you call Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, 217-841-4728. Offering 0% financing options for qualifying applicants. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing, your home's best friend. This is State Representative Adam Niemer coming to you with an important message. Far-left special interest groups are targeting me because I am standing up for you. I was removed from the ballot over a clerical error just like what they're trying to do to President Trump and like him, I'll never surrender. I am pro-life, pro-family, and pro-Second Amendment. I am proud to be one of seven to vote against allowing illegals to become police officers. I am in the fight of my life and I need your help. Please write me in Adam Niemer for State Representative in the 102nd District on your primary ballot. Paid for by committee to elect Adam Niemer. Brett, defensively, obviously, they, they only get 19 shots at the rim um, instead of, you know, some of the other games where we've seen 25, 30 shots at the rim, more points than point paint. It forced, was this what you envisioned when you forced tough twos here? Yeah. Our whole, you know, it's no, it's not rocket science what we do. It's tough twos and, and, um, and then it's uh, limit them to one shot. I thought we did a much better job, especially in the second half. Nico gets a lot of credit just guarding the ball and and keeping it in front of us. And uh, um, you know, I think we we've we've somebody told me we gave up the fewest layups that we have since since the Rutgers game, maybe uh, the first one. Uh, so um, again. My hat's off to, to, to Nico. Our guys guarded the ball better. Uh, and, and, again, we can't have mistakes. I've been That's all I've been harping on. You can't make mistakes. You can't make scouting report mistakes. You can, you've got to be able to take away what the other team does. And uh, that's obviously a benefactor of that. Brad, similar situation to the Penn State game. Uh, back here. Uh, up 10 with two minutes left. Did you sense a different attitude with the guys this time? Like they learned what not to do to, you know, avoid that collapse? Not at all. It was the same way. I, you guys got to understand, we didn't talk for one second about the Penn State game. We didn't show one clip. We didn't even grade it out. And that's, that's there's a difference between having freshmen and younger teams who, who know. Uh, Terrence Shannon knew he shouldn't have dribbled. He had three guys open. Um, Coleman knew he shouldn't have fouled. Um, you know, he missed two free throws. We took a quick shot. They all knew. And we talk about situations repeatedly. So it was just, it was more about the mental approach and, and our ability to guard. So I didn't worry about, I didn't worry about that for five seconds. We we did it the game before at Maryland. You know, we put it away. So that's just a, a fluke. It happens. And um, we just flushed it, so to speak. 
Coach, was it, was it the game plan to come in come to this game to, to use or to go that deep into the bench? And not really. Uh, that's what I thought. And, and uh, not what, what was not. kind of behind the the line change there a couple minutes into the second half? I was just thrilled with the way the first group played. I was so excited about you know us not getting on the floor and and uh, giving up rebounds and and um, I, I I I had seen enough with that group and and. Um, um, their butt needed to find the bench, and and they needed to they needed to understand um, it's not acceptable, and and playing time is not is not a given thing just because you average this or you've been out there, and um, I've said it we've got a really good team, and I couldn't be prouder that it it worked today, <laughs> but. Um, I've made a lot of line changes over the years in, in different in different ways, and but I also had a lot of confidence in 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 what what that group can do because I see them every day. Brad, I understand the motor, motivational aspect of the line change from that standpoint, but specifically to Nico, what did you see from him that also gave you the confidence to have him close the game out like he did? He's one. He's really fast. Um, you know, my concerns with Nico are never on the offensive end. They've always been about defensively. But I, I kept him in because of what he was doing on the defensive side. He got over the top of every ball screen. He didn't foul. I mean, he he's he. We all know he. You know, he might weigh a buck seventy, soaking wet, and yet he's in there fighting and competing. And uh, they tried to post him two or three times. He he committed a foul. I didn't think it was a foul, but um, but then you know he's got the ability to break the defense down. Uh, he gives us a different look, uh, and again, at a night when TJ and 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 Mark weren't great, um, man, it created some 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 opportunities and and uh, to drive the ball and playing ball screens. And he was he was he was great, and he wasn't afraid to take a couple threes when he was wide open. Brad, you said this was growth and maturity for Coleman. Obviously, he's doing that throughout his career. But what did it look like the last couple of days? And what he what he show you? What did he tell you? Didn't say much specifically. Got off social media, he said. Anybody want to check that? <laughs> um, yeah, um, all those conversations stay really private, but we had a really we had a real uh, a get real conversation, and and I I'm really happy with him. I love his response. A year or two ago. I'm not sure that that would have been the response. Uh, I think it was beneficial. We had a pretty quick turnaround in a game. Um, but he practiced great. And it's just the correlation that happens with when the, when the mind is right and the mental approach is right. Uh, it was not at Penn State. Quite simply not. And he knows that. But uh, uh, he also has to understand the impact that it has on everybody at this university, every fan, every teammate. And um, it's it's bigger than just him. And so he, I, I couldn't be happier. I thought Coleman was, was just fantastic today. So, Brad, uh, Coleman had a really good uh, effort play there that led to a steal. And I saw you gave him a high five. What are those type of plays just mean for the team? Well, as a veteran and as a leader, that that's really contagious. And we played this same Iowa team, and it took DeMonte Williams diving on the floor for a loose ball to win a championship. And that's how you win. 
And and my my point of frustration is it's it's not not just a Big Ten game. It's 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 the abruptness of the end that happens if you don't make that play in the NCAA tournament. And we can't pick and choose when we do those moments. And he was picking and choosing. And 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 the game the game will never treat you right if you do that. So growth. I, I hope it's it continues to to be very contagious and diving on loose balls and and. And challenging the rim, and I thought Amani did the same thing. I thought we had multiple guys on the floor today. So um, those are all the hustle plays that let you advance in March. Brad, I know you've always been a big fan of Amani's game. What's led to where he can give you this kind of shot in the arm? Practice. I, you know, I, I've said this many times. I think Amani would be playing twenty plus minutes a game if if it was not for his injury. Extremely high IQ. I don't know how to describe him. He's nasty. He's just got a nasty, competitive, gritty, fiery. He is the greatest trash talker we've had here since Io. Um, he fights you. He is He's just that kid. That's who he is. And it's every day and it's every play. And and we missed that when, we, when he was out. But um, you put that along the way that he's, he's a really, really smart player. And um, uh, he'd be helping us. Even if maybe the plan wasn't to play the number of guys you did, the number of minutes that they got, I mean, does that make you sort of reevaluate how you've used your bench maybe in your rotation? You know, I I don't go in with a plan. I go in to win. And and sometimes, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we've had a – unique season and the fact that we haven't been really healthy and, and whole and 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 you know we've had some 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 other issues so uh, we had to do what we had to do to survive to win and uh, you know it's 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 nice to kind of be getting back there a little bit um, I was very I'm so happy with Dane and and Amani today but again it's just uh, it gives me comfort to see them do it um, I'm not saying it was planned but it, it's nice to know that, that, that it worked out right. Brett, five straight 20-win seasons. First time since Lou Henson. What's that mean to you? Well, I think it's really hard to do in this league. Um, I, don't, I, don't ever want to, I don't want anybody to t- ever take that for granted. Um, great coaches, great players, great administration – you look at what we've done with this building, the State Farm Center. You look at what we've done with Ubbin. Um, uh, you know, it it's, it's, um, speaks volumes to a lot of people, not just, you know, one individual. But we, we've had really good players. And, and, and I, I, I love consistency. I've, I've never been here to try to have a great team. I've been here to try to have a great program. And, and and to try to withstand that through through the course of the time and what is the best league in the country and 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 the best fans so but on the other hand I think it kind of should kind of be the norm here I think this is a really really good job and 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 you can win national championships here and I've said that many times and you know throw the piano on my back I'm, I'm good I can handle that but that's the ex that should be that's our expectation here so um, my opinion is Go get five more. 
why stop? I, I just I think it's it's within the realm. And but but uh, and I think today Derek told me was the one thousandth win in Big Ten play of our program. And I think that there's only one other school. Is that right? One other school to, to accomplish that. Uh, wow. That speaks to everything I talk about, how great this program is. And, and we have to look at it that way. If we're not, then then damn it, leave. I mean, we have to think about how great this place is and this program is. And, and so I do. So I, I'm I'm yeah, consistency part of it. I'm I'm that means a lot. That really does. It means a lot because we're in the best league in the country and there's a lot of really good coaches and players. But, um, you know, we should be kind of an arrogant attitude, but we should be. Brad Nico described his accumulation, preservation, generation. At Busey Bank, these are the principles we use to build meaningful financial partnerships with our clients and their families. With sound advice and vast resources, partner with Busey for a personalized approach to your legacy. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. Norm Miller here, chairman of Interstate Batteries. You know, without batteries, life would be pretty lifeless. That's why Interstate All Battery Centers carry them in every size, shape, and style so you can drive, drill, call, film, or do whatever it is you want to do. Stop in today. They've got the power to keep you going. Interstate All Battery Center. Outrageously dependable. Interstate All Battery Center. You'll find them outrageously dependable just over Interstate 74 at 2504 North Mattis Avenue in Champaign. With batteries for most every application in stock. Illini fans, this year we celebrate the 100th anniversary of Memorial Stadium for the 2024 Fighting Illini football season. Season tickets for the 2024 football season are on sale now. And Illini fans who renew their season tickets by February 1st are eligible to win amazing prizes, memorabilia, and experiences. Secure your season tickets for homecoming, Dad's Day, and a special rededication of Memorial Stadium on October 19th against Michigan. Visit FightingIllini.com for more information. <laughs> 